You're listening to Art of the Flow. Welcome to Art of the Float, where float centers thrive. This is where we review politics. We're definitely going to be going over the latest debate. Boy, is there a lot to cover today. Nope, that's not actually what we do. We cover float centers. This is a weekly podcast that tells our stories of running and refining our float centers, and we love to share our information, give tips on running and starting your float center, all that good stuff. And uh, you can find us on social media, and I'll I'll give out that stuff at the end if you don't know by now. (laughs) Stay tuned till the end. We'll let you know. And uh, I'm Dylan. I'm a little punchy today. I uh, haven't been sleeping very well, so this might be an interesting episode. But uh, I'm Dylan Calm. I run the, uh, the float shop in Portland, Oregon with my wife, Sandra Calm. And I am joined, as always, with Lance Foss of Red Deer Canada. Hello, everyone. And Amy Grimes of Float Nashville. Hey, y'all. <laughs> and I, it tickles me every time. The, the hey, y'all gets me every time. It's not even a fake laugh. It's no, I love the way it. we talk. Uh, let's see here. We, um, we got some things we want to talk about today. We got some interesting, I think very interesting things from our our weeks that we want to share and definitely talk about the post float experience. That's our main topic today and keeping people in the doors. What's their experience like? And, um, I have some big questions for that because I don't think the float shop does the best job of that, but, uh, I want to, I want to hear what you guys, what your guys' input is. Uh, but um, I also want to uh, talk about a roundtable discussion that we're doing again. Uh, this is uh, Wednesday, October 19th. It's 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 o'clock Eastern Time. And the idea is we're going to keep the dialogue going. The I think we had a really good experience at the roundtable discussion at the float conference this year. And um, pretty much immediately, I mean, the day after the float conference, uh, Lance, Amy, and I got together and we... We wanted brainstorming. I mean, what's next for Art of the Float? Like, how do we keep the industry growing and raising awareness, intelligence, knowledge, and make sure that uh, float centers can be successful? And we each discussed how amazing the roundtable discussion was and how much um, I think everybody's game is elevated by having these discussions. And so we said, let's let's keep doing that. Uh, we worked with Brian, who's also, um, he's our usually behind the scenes guy, our IT guy, and he's got some really cool technology that we'll be using, which will make um, everybody uh, much like a Skype call, but it just works a lot more fluidly for so many people. Um, uh, we'll, we'll all be able to uh, talk at the same time. Uh, Amy, Lance, and I will also be sharing some information and numbers that we haven't shared publicly before about, uh, well, this one is about pricing, memberships, and client retention. So we'll be sharing that information of ourselves. And uh, we'll be really excited to, um, I mean, we'll we'll definitely be uh, coming to this fully prepped. But man, it's going to be so exciting to learn from everybody else in the, in the industry uh, what's working for them and what's not working for them. Because that's a, another really interesting thing is... Uh, you know, I, I talk to like business coaches and, and uh, those kind of gurus uh, that, that are out there and they, they kind of make it sound like every industry is the same. You know, any, any business coach is good for any business to a degree. That's very true. However, there's a lot that makes this industry very different. And so just because it works for yoga, just because it works for another industry doesn't mean that it's going to work for this one. So it's we're going to be able to talk about all those things, see what really does work for other people, what doesn't. And this group is just going to bring up the game. So that's the plan. Wednesday, October 19th, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Go to artofthefloat.com. 
sign up for our newsletter. This uh, well, within seven days of this uh, this this posting, uh, you'll get an email for sign up. So uh, yeah, we're excited about that, and yeah, we're excited to have you. And I'm just excited to learn. That's what I love about this show, and what I loved about the roundtable. Oh, and you just get energized, right? Like it just inspires you and makes you want to be more focused on your business. So it's a nice, nice, priceless little little event we're hosting here. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I also want to give a shout out to Float Away. Uh, we're actually installing our new float tank this week. I'm so excited. It's uh, it's been a long time coming. It got stuck at the border forever. I think it like it wasn't allowed into the U.S. for a ridiculous amount of time and. It, it seemed like one of those cases where there's just too many cooks in the kitchen and, and it just, uh, things got lost in translation, kind of a game of telephone going on, but we finally broke through everything and the, the tank is on the way. It's going to arrive Friday or Saturday. It'll sit in a box. I think we'll do what uh, we wanted to do last time. We had a giant float tank show up in a, in a wooden box and, um, put uh, dinosaur sounds uh, inside of it and just let it play on a loop because uh, it just looks like exactly what you would transport a velociraptor in. I mean, go ahead and close your eyes, picture <laughs> that. That's what these boxes look like. So I think we'll have some fun with that. But uh, yeah, we're closed on Monday. Um, we, we shut down Monday just strictly to empty out the float tank, take the old float tank downstairs into the box. Um and uh, bring the new one up. We have to cut out a little piece of wall. We've got an old 1904 house, so the hallways are really, really narrow. It's really small. Like, uh, you know, these float tanks are totally designed to go into any regular um, commercial establishment. But, boy, in 1904, they had they had different plans. And, you know, they thought people were a different size, height, everything. So everything's just a little bit smaller. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we'll be cutting out a wall and then, um, we should be up and going by the end of Tuesday night. If not, we did, um, close out Wednesday floats in tranquility just in case, but, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Very exciting. So, uh, yeah, if you are interested in a float away float tank, including the tranquility float tank that we're getting here, which comes with buttons to open and close the lid, which is a big deal for a lot of our customers, uh, lights inside. This one comes with star lights as well. You can get anything you need, whether it's ozone, UV, all the good stuff. Those can all be added on as well. Um, check it out. www.floataway.com. We like them. So, uh, I, uh, no offense, Amy. I'm excited to hear about what you've got to say. I am. But Lance, I got here, you were at the <clears throat> Canadian Institute of Public Health Inspectors Conference. W- what does that mean? What is that? Um, well, it was a conference that was targeted to health inspectors. So inspectors from all across the country um, gathered in Edmonton, Alberta for, I think it was a four-day conference, maybe a three-day conference. But they go over, well, everything that health inspectors need to know. And it was called the... Canadian Institute of Public Health Inspectors Conference. So, um, yeah, there's quite a bit of knowledge there. It was interesting Mm -hmm. to be around um, people that see the industry from a completely different side as we see. Uh, But I guess the main reason why I went, it was just for a few hours, was Mm -hmm. to catch um, Graham and Ashcon uh, representing the flotation industry. So... Mm -hmm. Graham and Ashcon and Jason McDonald all sat up on a flotation panel and um, they sort of just talked about a paper that came out from the Toronto, it was written in Toronto, 
Um, they talked about that paper on flotation, and they sort of just went over somewhat of the basics of float tanks and some of the basic issues we're having. And a lot of the conclusions came down to, um, well, we still need more research. So uh, big, uh, big question in the industry um, from a health inspector's point was, do we uh, use chlorine in float tanks or do wow. we use hydrogen peroxide paired with UV? It, bromine isn't um, brought up? Um, bromine isn't brought up at all. Um, you know, speaking with Jason McDonald there, he said he, they, we haven't used bromine in, in Alberta, specifically my province for years. That's sort of just been put in the back. Um, but, um, places like BC, that's what they are running is bromine. So, and, uh, you know, the issue of off gassing in float tanks did come up and again, the conclusion of that was we still need more research. We mm-hmm. need to be measuring these things. And, you know, a lot of float tanks are enclosed and a lot of them just have passive airflow. So right. that's just, um, that's just naturally allowing the air to flow in and out of the tank without the use of any fans or any forced right. ventilation, any suction, anything like that. So, um, but it was, it was really good to see Graham Nash going up there, you know, representing <laughs> nice. the, the industry like that with their cool. big cheerful personalities. Nice. Um, and Jace McDonald, too, he is a huge fan of our industry, and he is – it's really good to have him on our sides because he's very excited to talk about floating. He's very excited to educate his peers and, you know, the other inspectors on, on what's going on. So nice. um, I'm that's happy great. that, you know, float tanks was even brought up at this conference. So I think there was yeah, around that's, three, that's amazing. 360 health inspectors, I think, were there. Um, so first of all, I know Jason wants to, Jason McDonald wants to be on the show. So let's get him on the show. Cause I, I've got a lot of questions for him and, uh, I am curious, Lance, what your take is. So this is where all the health inspectors are getting together. They hear a presentation on float tanks and the fact that, okay, the end result is we don't know. We need more answers, more research needs to happen. Okay. What are they walking away with? And what does that mean to people who are about to open a float center if they talk with one of these health inspectors, like what did they leave with? Um, Basically just, well, they don't know if they classify it. We're not classifying it as a pool or spa. So that's that's one thing. We know that for sure. That's a great Um, right now. Some, some float centers are classified as personal service. So that's in the same category as like pedicures and manicures and I'm not sure if hair, but massage, things like that. Mm -hmm. And that's really not a, you know, a category that fits us well either. Mm -hmm. So um, the health departments of Canada sort of designed these in these few sections here and float tanks doesn't really fall into any of them. So they almost say that we need to create our own category for float tanks. But that's a whole that's a broad thing to do in the health industry. So, um you know, a lot of these people are incorporating things from, you know, this pool and spa code. So make sure, you know, some float tanks, make sure you have a grip in the tank so people aren't slipping. You may need handrails. Watch for, you know, you need pr- pop- proper drainage, proper ventilation to prevent humidity and rot and stuff like that. So it's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the common stuff that we're all doing and we're all looking at, we're all trying to avoid, but the water chemistry is really still a mystery. Um, mm-hmm. even measuring, um, measuring chlorine in, in low doses or low parts per million, nothing's accurate. There's, you know, everything's out of whack. And, you know, like I said, almost every time we have these 
um, what if conversations and not really what if, but these content conversations about what's going on in the industry. It's a lot of it's boiling down to, we need more research. (laughs) A lot of it's anecdotal or we can't chase the, chase the evidence. And and who's doing the research right now? uh, Right now. uh, We got the NSF doing testing. Um, I know there's a report that came out of, out of Europe. I'm not sure what the group was, or maybe that, that just, uh, uh, collated other research uh, together. I, I got to take a look at that. Um, but like, how do we get more research? Like who's, I mean, it's not the states, the cities aren't going to be paying for this. So no. how, how do we get more research? Um, I believe uh, the float on guys were doing a fundraiser for more water testing uh, with UV and uh, hydrogen peroxide. Um is that it? Is that what we've got? I mean, is that what they're waiting on is for us to do this testing? So I believe right now, I think the BC Center for Disease Control is currently looking on collecting field data on hydrogen peroxide and UV, as well as comparing bromine and UV as a control for that. Okay. So wow. um, that was just briefly touched on. I don't know how they're collecting that field data or anything like that but that's something that you know they spoke of oh canada my goodness i feel like that wouldn't happen here no no it would not happen here (laughs) i think here in the states we're gonna have to rely on as we become a more viable um industry Mm -hmm. um then private industry as they see that we might be able to make them some money then they'll be willing to throw some money Mm -hmm. at it as well and that might be a that might be an option um you know, and a lot of this is a matter of time too. Like, you know, this a lot of this industry started gearing up. You know, in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and and the awareness was starting to spread. And it takes years for that to catch on. So yeah. now we're at the point where health inspectors are going to be offering, you know, courses and webinars to, you know, educate what's going on um, in a uniform manner. So that's we've came a long ways, and as more awareness spreads and more. Um, this industry moves forward, that research is going to come. Um, I don't know how it's going to be funded, but uh, it yeah, takes time. I, we're still in the infancy. I know. And it's funny because it feels like float centers are everywhere right now. But no, this this is still uh, maybe it's not an small. infant, but certainly a toddler. Uh, we're, we're still a very, very young industry. Uh, and most people still don't even know what floating is. So we, we've got a long way to go. One thing I really want to ask Jason McDonald is... And, and I know this is a, a, an odd question, but, but, you know, there was a time when you had to write all of these, uh, these, um, these rules and all these parameters for, you know, whether it's a pool or uh, whether it's massage, whatever, and you develop all these categories and everything. Like there was a time of innovation. And then I feel like it just became you are taught these rules and then um, it led to a lack of creative thinking, and it's just you you simply, uh, for lack of a better term, you, you obey. And I can't stand that. <laughs> uh, where, why is it so difficult to create new infrastructure for these things? And why isn't that part built into the system so that when something new is created, we're able to do that? And when I say we, I mean the, the government. Well, I know here in the U.S., one of the biggest issues is if they change something or if they create new rules, um, they're now liable. So if mm-hmm. we screw up, um, people are going to be going after them. Um, so there is a big fear of 
change and a big fear of, hey, I'm not taking this on. I'm not going to be responsible for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's one of the one of the issues that we face. And I understand it. Um, you know, we're yeah. a litigious society yeah. and I totally get that. But at the same time, that is definitely um, their fear. And quite frankly, it's not just their fear. It's the fact that they don't have the personnel. They don't have mm. the, you know, right now uh, they just in our in, in Metro Davidson County, they just combined um, the pool inspections with the restaurant inspections. So now our pool inspector is now also adding a bunch of restaurants. Um, and he is just run ragged and he doesn't have the time. Oh, and he's, right. you know, so we're talking very little resource. Right. Nobody yep. wants to take a responsibility. And I, I get as much as I want to complain about it mm-hmm. and be upset about it. I, I do understand it from their standpoint. It doesn't it. mean I agree with it or I think it's good. No, that's good insight. Yeah. But it is a problem. Yeah. And, and the, the lack of funding in general is a really good point. That's something I've heard time and time again is, I mean, that they're, they're not making a lot of money. Their, their departments don't have a lot of money and it's usually based on, I mean, they have to fundraise themselves and that's usually by, you know, getting certifications or citations is, is how they're going to show any kind of profit. One thing Jason was saying to when he was talking to these inspectors was, you know, it's been a long time since we've had something new like this in the mm-hmm, industry. He's mm-hmm. like, as inspectors, he's like, you guys should be excited nice, for, cool. um, for this time because, you know, you get to dig deep. You get to go down all these avenues you don't know. You get to explore. Hmm. You get to, you know, this isn't going to last forever. We're going to start to figure it out. We're going to have the research. We're going to see what <laughs> works. So he's like, be excited for this, guys. That's That's, really I thought cool. that was really cool. So. I, I'm so glad he's a, a leader in both industries. That's fantastic. What, what a great liaison. I, I love it. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you want to share about the, uh, the conference? Um, no, I, I think I have to re-listen to the recording again, but mm. there was nothing really, really spectacular okay. and, you know, that we haven't heard from an industry standpoint, like a lot of the same concerns of, of, you know, the water filtration, making sure we have we have airflow in the tanks and, you know, make sure these floats, like when we're building our float centers, we care about slips, trips, falls, make sure we have storage room. We always want to have backup filters on hand. And when you're cleaning your filters, you got to let them dry completely. Um, but a lot of this, um, you know, we may have spoke on the podcast before we've heard, but it was just good to be there and um, watch the education be spread amongst awesome. the room of professionals. You know, I'm, I'm really glad to hear about the slips and trips too, because I, when I was looking through the NSF information, when it comes to certification to get certified, that's not part of it, which is really weird to me that you could um, approve a product that doesn't have that included in it. I, it, it. Sometimes I'm really confused by how they set their parameters. But again, maybe it's just because I'm so tired and I'm just punchy tonight. I don't know. But uh, sometimes I I don't quite understand the logic of how all of this uh, happens. But but, but that also leads us to getting more guests on the show, which is something that we've wanted to do. And uh, I know uh, uh, our friend from the NSF wants to be on the show as well. Amy, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, along the same lines, I do want to add this uh, interesting thing that happened this week I kind of forgot about. So we use Cooper Atkins uh, thermometers, and they're pretty, they're not, they're not super expensive, but they're about 250 a piece. Oh. And, um, but they're very accurate. They're supposed to be accurate within one-tenth of a degree, and when they need recalibrated, we just have to package them up, send it, uh, and they take care of it wow. for us and send it right back. So 
you know, it's it's been a good investment for us, and I, I feel very good about it. But we have two of them, and when we start to see that they're um, oh. getting out of sync, mm-hmm. we're sending them back, you know, to get recalibrated. And we're doing it quite frequently. So this last time, oh. they sent them back to us, and we noticed right away they're already not calibrated correctly. So we gave them a call, and we're like, and you know, they're like, well, you're sending them back a lot. You know, they should yeah. last a while. And I said, well, let me tell you this situation. And and. <laughs> Something Mark, tells me I might know what this where this yeah. is going. <laughs> so we told him what like what exactly are you measuring? Of course, it all starts with that. Um, and Mark, of course, explained it to him, and they're like, "A what? You're measuring what?" Um, but it was interesting. The great thing is that they were willing to talk to us. They mm-hmm. really listened, and cool. they said, "Send them back in." And they are actually going to um, they're going to do some testing to see how um, how the water that we're that we're uh, trying to measure the temperature of uh, affects the instrument. And they're really putting hmm. out, they, they listen to us, they ask a lot of good questions, and they're really putting forth the effort to um, create a calibration that works in our situation. That's amazing. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. So Cooper Atkins, I'm really, really, really pleased with our both of them. Cool. Um, Can we and throw up a been, link on, to their website? Absolutely. Then? I've got two different kinds and we love them both. So I'll give you both of them. Please. Um, and they've been really great to work with and... Uh, They've been really kind, even though they cal- have to calibrate them frequently, but we're hoping now that they're working and they'll understand and, and be able to calibrate them differently. So anybody who has a Cooper Atkins can say, hey, I'm using this for a float tank. Can you calibrate that, uh, recalibrate it appropriately? And they'll be able to do so. And it'll last longer and be accurate and keep our water safe for our clients. How good does that feel to it's talk to a awesome. business and they're actually interested and curious and, and are willing yeah. to go forward and, and look into it? That, that is awesome. Yeah, I felt real good about that this week. Um, yeah, and it's been a busy week. Cool. I totally forgot it because we've been so crazy <laughs> busy. Um, not not so much in the tanks, mm-hmm. um, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, we're coming up on the fourth quarter. October mm-hmm, 1st starts. Mm-hmm. And so we have a... And I'm getting better at this, but we try to plan all of our marketing, get, at least to get our Facebook ads, the copy done, hmm. the graphics done. So it's lined up and ready to go. We finished all that up this week nice. and um, started looking at, started uh, what, redoing a bunch of stuff on the website. I'll talk about that some other time. I did some interesting <laughs> things, but I want to see how it works before I talk too much about that. Sure. Um, but um, so, so we... So we you're doing Photoshop and stuff to for your ads with with like uh, Christmas trees and and all of that or gift wrapping. <laughs> yeah, we're we're getting our we're getting our holiday graphics ready. Yeah, cool. we're already planning our holiday rollout. We're doing it a little differently this year, um, so we're trying to get our copy written and our um, and our graphics done so that it's automatically ready to roll out at the right time. We don't have to panic. Um, we get our editorial nice. calendar done, so at least our um, some blog posts are written. We're doing a few different um, promotions. You know, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Are y'all doing anything for Breast Cancer Awareness Month? Do y'all do anything for this? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, well, I'm not, I don't normally, um, I'm a breast cancer survivor. Um, I and that. I have a tendency to try to, um, I'm just, I just don't, I get a little uncomfortable around this time of year. But I had mm. a client, and I'm going to give props to my client, who brought this up that, you know, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and all of our clients spend an awful lot of time in the shower where um, breast self-exams oh, really can start. Yeah. So we ordered some, we don't, we're not going to make a big deal out of it, but we did order some um, breast self-exam shower cards 
to put in the rooms to that people can grab or they don't have to grab. That's awesome. Um, so we got that done this week. That'll be rolling out here beginning of next week. We'll have our cards ready to go. We have some signage for the float room. People can take it or not. And the cool thing is um, on the opposite side, when you flip the card over, there is also um, – a self-exam for testicular cancer. So, you know, everybody can get involved. Um, but they spend at least 10 <laughs> minutes. I know. Sorry, it probably was not the best way to word that. But, you know, they spend at least 10 minutes in the shower when they're at the float center. Um, so I can't think of a better way to um, to at least get the word out and mm-hmm. to give them a tool that perhaps will work for them. Amy, I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> can I ask, um, mm-hmm. is it September or October? Are you talking about October? O- oh, okay. So we have some October time. October 1st. Yeah. You got Man, some time. That's so cool. There's some great pre-made cards out there where you can order them with your um, logo on. And, wow. you know, depending on how much you want to do with that, um, you know, might help somebody uh, become more aware of what's normal, what's not normal. And who knows, maybe you'll never know, but maybe you'll save a life. I love the integration. I mean, obviously, I mean, not many businesses have a shower in there, you know, so like right. to be able to, to, to mix that, what a, what a great positive way to be able to uh, impact on a breast cancer Gosh. awareness month. That's fantastic. Um, I hope so. And, uh, it's fun stuff though. I'll see what we can do. I'll, I'll follow up next week to see um, if, if we can get that in on time and if we went yeah. with our logo or what. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, lots of good, lots of good stuff out there to help. But uh, I think you you jumped past a really huge thing, which was all of your planning for through the holidays and everything. Yeah, Amy, isn't that crazy? Is that, you're that's you're just insane. in beast mode here. This is exactly what every professional <laughs> business should be doing. That should be it's, done before quarter four. And that's not something that the float not. shop has done. But boy, just hearing you lights a fire under my ass to make sure we get that dialed in. But I'll tell you what, it's tough. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, I do, it's really hard, especially, you know, when you don't have a lot of staff and you're, you're mm. doing a lot on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you what, though, it gets easier and easier. This is the first year where I feel like, um, like, yeah, we nailed it this year, mm-hmm. that we were really on top of it. But each year, you know, you take, you open the calendar and each year I'm adding a little bit more, adding a little bit more, putting some notes in, mm. talking, you know, figuring out what worked, what didn't. Um, and up until this year, this is the first year where I really feel like we're doing it right. And we're doing it um, in a way that that doesn't suck, you know, a week of my time. Um, oh, funny. So yeah. it's one of those things you got to do a year after year, even in the first year really, really sucks. And the second year <laughs> r- really pretty much sucks. <laughs> um, and the third year, it's still kind of sucking, but it was so much easier this year. And it God. didn't feel so overwhelming. So, uh, that's you know, do the best you can and know that next year you make your notes. It's going to get easier. And then the following year, you're going to nail it. And it's not going to be a big issue. Good. I still have a year to pick up my sleep. Uh, <laughs> a few good. more days. I have no <laughs> excuse. Yeah. Oh, to- oh, is it? You know, today, this is a special day. I didn't say this either. Today is our three-year anniversary of opening. Oh, Today wow. Our- Congratulations. Yes. Oh, man. I wish I had a we horn it. here. We made it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to uh, do a few toasts to that throughout well, the Well, uh, cheers to you. And I'm going to take a little, little drink here. <laughs> one, yeah, one for me, one for my homies, right? Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, busy week, busy week. Well, I got to say, um, and, and it's actually, you know what? Let me pontificate for a moment here because the, the, fl- <laughs> the float shop has been around for uh, five years um, this year. Or it, it will be at the end of the year here. And 
I feel like we struggled so effing hard for, I would say, three years. I would say after the third year, we were still working our asses off, but it wasn't until this year, you know, and, and you know, last 12 months that we really just felt confident and good. Like the, the, the business is good. I feel like certain float centers are really reducing that growth time and that whole like infancy to toddler. Am I talking baby stuff? Do I have a baby on the way? Um, like that, that whole growth process is happening faster. People are going in with more information and just a different, different sense of hustle. I mean, Lance is hustling all the time. He's got a game plan. Amy, you've got your holidays planned out through the end of the year and you're in year three. You're just celebrating your three year anniversary mm-hmm. is I can't imagine. Yeah, here he just entered you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very excited. We, uh, I, I, um, I guess I give I give props to you for for what you're doing, and I'm curious if the industry as a whole is growing as well. Um, you know, getting getting there faster. I'm I'm just curious. Uh, whew, man, I can't everyone's, imagine being there three years. Everyone's in. different. I think that's very. Mm-hmm. Every person's going to run their different their business yeah. differently with different passion and yeah. different goals and you know what may be comfortable for you may still be uncomfortable for somebody else they may sure. still be grinding so um it's i think that's person to person it may take you two years it may take you six years um yeah yeah i can't uh, you know there's not one figure you can say yeah, this good, is good the call. point but amy had and just you know, again we all have props. different resources yeah yeah, yeah. different yeah. resources yeah. different audiences Mm-hmm. I feel I look at some people who've gone three years and they're like killing it and they were killing it in year two. And I'm like sitting over here kind of like, oh, man, <laughs> yeah. I'm like still trying to get people to come and people are still yeah. looking to like go crazy. And I have days where I have three floats and you're like, oh, am I the only one? I might be a little bit jealous. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I've still, yeah, it's everybody's journey is their own for sure. And we've got to remember, at least I, I'm going to say this for myself, if not for everybody else, we cannot sit here, number one, and compare ourselves to anybody else. Mm -hmm. And number two, we do not know what they're struggling with behind the scenes. You know, we're really really good good at putting a great front, but you know, in the meantime, I haven't seen my husband in a week Mm. and you know, he might be a little pissed off about that. (laughs) And my business partner and I are fighting, you know, you don't know those things that are, that are going on and that could be tainting that person's view of their own success or, you know, so don't compare. Mm -hmm. It'll just drag you down, man. It'll drag you down so fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Thanks, Amy. Yeah. (laughs) Is there anything uh, else you want to share about your week? I feel like oh, you've, um, you've yeah, covered some I good stuff. I'm not saying you have to have more. <laughs> no, no, no. We got, we got some good stuff. It was a busy week, and there's all kinds of like little things, but the biggest mm-hmm. thing was, yeah, um, really proud of the fact that, that we're ready for the end of the year. And Cool. Yeah, um, you should be. And it's coming, and we're celebrating, and life is good. Life is good. No. Boom. Well, for, to anybody listening, if you're listening to the show and you don't have your all your holiday stuff planned... Just, no worries. Well, yeah, no worries. True. Like, I mean, we've <laughs> never been on top of our game like that. But but just a little insight to somebody who in this particular aspect is on top of their game. This is how she's running her business. Like, I I personally take note of that. And that lights some fire under my booty to to kind of grow up a little bit, you know, as a as a business owner to to mature the business that way. 
because it's always the plan. Sandra and I always have the plan of being ahead of the curve. But this year, we've got a really big one. We've got a baby on the way. We've got a baby due November 18th. So, um, you know, we have to have our game plan launched. Uh, I mean, that's part of why, you know, we're replacing the Tranquility Tank and um, doing a filtration system replacement and, and our Floatarium Float Tank so that we can kick back for a little bit and have a child and possibly get some yeah. sleep as well. Yeah. And the idea is... Well, the idea is really don't mean much. It's it's the yes. ex- execution. <laughs> you know, so it's true. all about the execution. So you can have a world of plans in front of you, but if you're not executing them, yep. yeah, it's not going to do you very much good. Uh, my brother, who opened a dispensary, ah, gosh, I want to say three months ago, uh, he he's telling me how many. Um, ideas people have like here's how you get a customer base here's how you you're gonna be successful all that stuff like Sanjay and i were just rolling laughing because we've heard so many of those uh this this is what you gotta do and um some of them are good honestly some of them are good most of them we've thought of but the real thing is can you execute just like you said lance that's the biggest thing between Anybody. I mean, even other people want to start businesses and we're a different bunch because we pulled the trigger and we had the drive to do it in the first place and continue doing it. And not just execute, but measure and retool and keep going. I mean, just because you do something doesn't mean you're done. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a constant state of action. It never, ever, ever ends. Which I think is sometimes the hard part, right? Like it's it's easy to to break into new ground and and um, that's exciting and fun. But then the the recycling, the the going through it over and over, that's a different part of your brain. It's a different part of your personality that uh, I I didn't anticipate as much. But um, there's a ton of value to it. Yeah, mm. good times. So speaking of my baby, uh, I have I said her name on air. Maybe I should hold off on that. I don't know, but. Uh, um, I got to see her yesterday morning, which was so sweet. Uh, Sandra and I went in for an ultrasound and, uh, she was hiding. I mean, she was super hidden and umbilical cord was all over the place, but we got a few great scenes of her face and she had the hiccups. It was amazing. She's beautiful. I'm so excited. That has nothing to do with the float. Actually, I guess it has something to do with float because, uh, it does mean that we are prepping for November. We don't know when it's going to happen, but, uh, at some point, hopefully not in October, uh, we're going to meet this little girl and and we are going to step away from the business big time like never before. And so it's going to be a real test of how is this thing running and how did we do prepping for it so that it's going to be able to keep mm. running as if as if we're still there. Um, and like maybe have Emily or Jen running our Facebook live videos and our free float Friday on Tuesdays and all that stuff to um, keep, keep the buzz going. So uh, that's the real test that um, – we're, we're prepping for. Mm. Uh, we got some really big news today too, which is that um, the owner of the yoga studio that we rent out to at out of our space has decided to move on. So she, I mean, honestly, I think truly the bottom line is it wasn't as successful as she wanted it to be. She's figured it out. I think she could make it successful, but all of the roots, the people around her in Portland have left Portland And so she's feeling very uh, isolated, very by herself and without her support group. So like to completely reinvest and reinvigorate it uh, isn't really on her docket. So she gave us notice today. And so that's a big one. Um, 
that's a it's a decent revenue stream for us. It's part of our our brand and everything of what we offer. So today we're a little bit shaken up, and you know, on the on the car ride home, we were talking about how like this is what we do. We have hurdles, like things come up. Nothing is constant, and uh, we've we've managed this for five years now. This is just one more hurdle. It's a big one. Uh, but yeah. we'll we'll be okay, and we need to be open to th- be thinking outside of the box, taking care of ourselves, and making sure um, what we do go forward with is in line with our our brand and supporting our community. So, um, I think we're going to be totally fine with it. I support her a thousand percent, and I think she's she's been absolutely awesome to work with, and it's been fantastic. But it is interesting. I mean, I think within the lifespan of the show, we we. we took her on and and now she's leaving so that's kind of interesting to see so um yeah that's where we're at and we also had our employee meeting and and shared that with our staff and everything so there's a little bit of a little bit of sadness uh in that because uh she's great and she's developed a really cool community uh but just not enough for for what she wants so yeah um so what should we use that space for, guys? Another float tank? Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> <laughs> no. Very well could be. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Not going back to yoga for sure? It, it could. It absolutely could. Yeah, but but the thing is we want to be open to other possibilities. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, certainly could be, yeah. Uh, yeah. Any who's it? Uh, let's see here. I want to move on to our, our main topic here. But first, I want to give our final promo to the Float Conference. Uh, thanks, guys, so much for supporting us this entire time, uh, supporting the show. And and uh, let's see here, the Float Conference. What, what more is there to say? We've talked about it for so long because we love it so much. And we were talking about it long before there were advertisers, which made it so easy because we all love the Float Conference. We all planned on being at the Float Conference long before there were advertisers because there's so much to get out of it. And the really cool thing is even if you weren't there, they continue to put out material. I mean, that's that's probably the go-to thing to talk about is that the, the YouTube videos are going to keep coming up. So subscribe to their YouTube channel. Get an email when the latest speaker comes out. And all you're doing is educating yourself so that you can uh, educate your clients. And maybe that's educating your staff as well. But when you talk intelligently to clients, it's the coolest thing when, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Man goes in there thinking this is all a bunch of woo-woo, yada, yada. And all of a sudden you're talking about how it can affect somebody with PTSD in a positive manner and the research that's going on with anxiety that, that comes across uh, quite a bit differently than, than maybe that person was expecting. So arm yourself with this information. www.flowconference.com is where you want to go. And definitely check out their YouTube page as well. Uh, they've been a great support for the show, so we want to thank them so much for this run. And uh, let's see here. Yeah, I think that's it. Let's get to our main topic here. Mm-hmm. Lance, do you want to introduce it for us? Post-float client engagement. <laughs> um, that's something I'm really curious about. You know, Justin, you know, speaking with Amy, I'm not sure the exact time limit or anything, but Justin mentioned um, the effects of serenity sinking in uh, around 25 to 30 minutes post-float. And that got me thinking, um, is it important to have your clients hanging around your center after their float? Um, maybe it's not a big deal, but it's something that... You know, we focus a lot on preparing for a float, you know, no shaving, no caffeine, no this, arrive early. And um, do we just send them on their way immediately or should we be engaging with them in a certain way to sort of 
help them integrate their float um, back into their you know everyday lives. Um, I'm, I'm curious what you two are doing um, post float. And I'm curious to learn ways I can step my game up because um, I really had huge ambitions um, before we were even starting or open. And um, I don't feel like I've really followed through with, you know, those ideas like we just spoke about. That execution wasn't there. But <laughs> right, the ideas, right. they, were, they were there. So I, it, If you don't mind, I'll, I'll step in here because I, I feel like it's a bit of a weakness of ours. And maybe I can learn from Amy here and you, Lance. But uh, um and, and it's funny, this actually came up organically at the um, at our team meeting today. And uh, I actually shared, so during the float conference, uh, we had a lot of floaters uh, who, who went to the conference and I emailed them asking for uh, a review of of our center, like any critiques, you know, and, and we received critiques aplenty. And uh, so um, one of the things that came up was people feeling like they were you know, they came out of the float and they were just left to leave. There was nobody to say goodbye to or check in with to download about their their float experience, which in my personal opinion is incredibly important. That's an incredibly important time when you're going to potentially sit down with somebody, check in with them, talk to them, and really give them a positive customer experience. But more importantly than that is you're kind of cementing their entire experience or, you know, kind of framing it and how they're going to view this experience that they had. Um, and maybe, maybe even potentially walk them through or kind of figure out some stuff that came up. It's, it's a really interesting thing that happens post float, but the bottom line is that costs money. And, and I'll tell you why, because we have somebody giving intros. We have somebody, you know, showing them the float tanks. That's the same person. And we have somebody cleaning the rooms. And so the tendency is there is a brief amount of time, I'd say about 10, maybe 15 minutes sometimes, I, I hope, hope it doesn't get that high too often, uh, that nobody's at the front desk. The phone isn't being answered. And oftentimes, all we can say while giving an intro is, goodbye, hope, you know, did, how was your float? Yeah, okay, good, goodbye. Um, now, if that person takes a seat, we have a foot bath, if they soak their feet, if they decide to have some tea afterwards, we're gonna meet them afterwards we're going to talk with them check in and we might talk for 45 minutes that's super cool that's what we should be doing as a float center in my opinion but that costs three employees worth of time to do it properly uh also just by the way this, this isn't really necessarily your question but just as a business owner I am not rebooking clients during that time. They are leaving without checking in, without being reminded about a thank you package or the starter package, how they could be saving money on floating more, doing something they already love and they aren't aware of it because we're busy doing other stuff. So to this point, we have not decided that that's financially sound, a sound plan for us to uh, pay for that third person. We don't think that that's worth the investment. <sighs> But uh, I also know float centers that have one person running a lot of float tanks. I don't know how that happens. I don't know how they successfully do that. I want to learn more about that. Uh, I know I digress there a little bit with the, with the financial aspect of it. Um, so I think it's a very important thing to do, and I feel like we missed the mark. I just want to say with that third person thing, like nobody said you had to hire a third person. Okay. No one said you had to physically sure, engage sure. with those people. 
even if you change um, your introduction and let them know that they can hang around the space after, but you're going to be busy Mm -hmm. having Mm -hmm. a space set up for them with proper direction and um, maybe signage to direct them to certain things that may, you know, like a lot of people are incorporating these Muse headsets into their float centers. Mm -hmm. Um, You let them know that you have this tool that they can enjoy after and you have a space for them somewhere. Cool. Um, Like, you know, I've always thought, yeah, you need someone there. They need to instantly engage with that person and talk to that person. But yeah, we still got to clean. We got to do changeover. We got to answer the phone. We got to do that stuff. But I'm thinking of, you know, maybe changing my approach or my systems here to let them know, hey, we're going to be busy doing our thing, but we have this, you know, wonderful space over here created for you. Um, When we have a free time, we'd love to check in with you. Feel free to take off whenever, but you know, yada, yada, yada. That's, that's great. I I think you just kind of uh, freed my mind a little bit there. Uh, that that that's great. Like just in the intro, let them know. I mean, at most businesses, you leave. You get a massage, you leave. That's part of it. But at this space, you get a chance to reflect, take some time, relax, have another cup of tea, and uh, yeah, Lance, that that's great. Work work it into the intro. And also into the signage. Um, and you could even put signage in the float room saying, mm-hmm. you know, I, or even the sh- shower. We do have signage in our showers, hmm. um, mostly to remind people to keep their tank doors closed when they're showering. <laughs> but, um, but you could do something like, you know, if you're, you know, when you're done, we'd love to. There's tea and coffee available. Um, you know, so there's all kinds of ways you can do it. And you can also oftentimes do it with things like the way that you... Um, that you place your furniture, sometimes just by creating a natural flow mm. to that. That's something I'm not mm. real great about. But um, when we started our float center here, our real estate agent also happens to be an architect who specializes in um, building spaces for people to congregate and to uh, create community. Um, and she'd love to come on sometime, by the way. And I think she'd be fascinating. She knows a lot of science behind it about creating space mm, cool. for this type of thing. But um, but the way that she had us, you know, the way that she built the area out, the way that she had us place furniture and that sort of thing, um, we're a very tiny center. Right, so I'm right. coming at this from mm-hmm. like, um, you know, if people stay around too long, people are going to be standing <laughs> in the back, but we don't kick people out. It just naturally yeah. seems to flow that way. It really does work out beautifully. But, um, but there are so many things that you can do that I'm learning about that we can kind of guide people. Um, even non-verbally. So, so let me ask a little bit more about your, your day-to-day operations. You have three float tanks. You have a front mm-hmm. desk that's pretty close to the front door. And yeah. um, so w- what's the customer experience? How, how do they know they should hang out or should not? Is anything worked into it? How many people are on staff? Do you talk to them afterwards? Are your clients trained to have a particular interaction? Talk to me. So, yeah. So, okay. So during the weekdays, this is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, there's one person there. Um, and you have to understand when you walk in, you see the front desk and from the front desk, we can see the front door. And then to our left are the three float room doors. So we have view of people sitting there in the lobby. We also have view of people coming in and out of the float rooms. Mm -hmm. Um, the way that they are trained is when, as soon as somebody comes out, when people start to emerge, as soon as somebody comes out, they're in there, they're turning on the, turning on the tank, they're pulling out the things, they're spraying down the shower, spraying down the walls, grabbing the stuff grabbing the tray and coming on out. Mm -hmm. Um, That person usually makes, we find that they immediately come out and go into the bathroom. When they come out of the restroom, we're right there again. I say, oh, (laughs) can I get you some tea or coffee? And the tea and coffee is right there, um, right outside the restroom, right next to the 
um, check out Stan. I know this sounds really odd. We're just, we only have 1,100 square feet. Um, <laughs> but they're there. And then when the next person comes out, they have, we have this, they have a flow. So they can be cleaning and also be watching the front desk as somebody's standing there, like they're ready to go. Yeah. Um, they can answer questions. So they can they'll come take a out. break from cleaning the rooms to, to mm-hmm. check somebody out, which could potentially mm-hmm. impact somebody coming in. And and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I will say like, no, we, okay. we have that impact as well, right? Like mm-hmm. helping, helping a customer can potentially delay somebody else's yeah. float time. And, and is that true in your case? It is to a degree. Um, okay. For the most part, it only happens when, when there's a new client, at which mm-hmm. point we do have a sign that they can, that they can pull from behind the desk and they can set out is when they're cleaning the room. Hello and welcome. We're currently cleaning the room. We, uh, it's a nice little saying on it. And it lets people know if you're new right here, our intake forms, just feel free to grab one. We'll be right with you in a moment. So there's a sign that goes up that they can, they know that they're not being ignored. And mm. because we're in and out of those rooms and to get from the float room to the kitchen where we have all of our, where we do all of our changeover, where we do our chemistry, chemistry and that sort of thing, um, you can see the the lobby. So you know any second it's not they're not going to be standing there for five minutes alone it's going to be oh hello and welcome and you know just so you know you i see you've got an intake form that's great i'm just we always let them know where the restroom is so that they on their own can they know that there's two restrooms there's through a doorway there's two restrooms we always let them know that so they know that they're not going to be standing in line or anything (laughs) and they can help themselves and um yeah it works out really well we're finding that on the weekends when we're busier having two people there is a necessity Mm-hmm. Um, because there's just too much going on. And maybe when we're super busy someday, when we're booked, you know, 90%, of the, 95% of the time, all the time, we'll have two people then as right, well. Right. Um, but it's not, it's not necessary. And we have such a small place. Everybody, get, if there's two people, we start to run into each other. <laughs> it gets bad. It gets really bad. And if there's three people there, oh, we're in trouble <laughs> because we are tripping over each other. We don't know where to go. Um, I think it is our, our responsibility to create a space that if someone wants to come out, they're comfortable sitting there and they feel welcome to sit there. Um, and they're not, they don't feel uncomfortable. Um, and we do like that. Um, but it's not, I I see a lot of float tank facilitators. Everybody's looking, how can I get them to stay? And my first question is, Obviously, we want them to stay if they want to stay. Mm-hmm. That's that's cool. We want to talk to them. Sure. But w- and we want to provide a place that they can stay if they want to. But to me, it's kind of like, well, what what is the what what are we really asking for? What do we really want when we say to them, "Oh, we want them to stay." Why do we want them to stay mm-hmm. so badly? What is the goal in that? Mm-hmm. Um, can either of you kind of give me some insight? I know we're looking for community, but is there something? Yeah. else that we're looking for what do we want to get from that well i i've always said that 50 percent of what we do is the float mm-hmm. and the other 50 percent is the interaction with us and our space mm-hmm. um i've know i've focused a lot on targeting those clients that need to disconnect they need to disconnect mm-hmm. from their work their maybe their home life maybe their cell phone, maybe their TV, maybe whatever it is that engulfs their life, they need to disconnect. And I tell them to arrive early so they can relax Mm -hmm. a bit, so they can get in our space and sort of come down to a level to help transition into that float. 
we go from all this stimulus. A lot of people are driving. They're coming straight from work. Everything's mm-hmm. coming at them from 100 different mm-hmm. miles an hour. If they rush through our doors and go to that float tank, they're going to spend 40 minutes winding down in the float tank. Right. I tell them to arrive early yeah. in just the space. You know, we have certain colors and certain things in our space to help that transition into relaxation. Music helps calm people down. So I, I focused a lot on preparing people for their float for that disconnection. I want my whole space to be part of that disconnection. I want them to be able to come to to the float shack and forget about that stuff. Take, you know, we do our 90-minute, hour-and-a-half floats. We don't have to make it such a... I believe I don't have to make it such an abrupt thing. Take some more time to yourself. Take two-and-a-half hours to yourself. You know, enjoy a tea. Mm-hmm. Enjoy looking at the books. Do you have coloring books at home? Do you have a perplexus at home? Play the perplexus, you know? And, <laughs> and um, I've, never, I've also never gave good direction to people after. It's always been, oh, we don't have time. We have to do the cleanup. We have to check people out. Do, 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 do. I've never, you know, I've never provided the, the, the space for it. And a lot of that, I just need to, I feel like I need to change my approach because I've spent a lot of work in our lobby. I spent a lot of work as that being a tool. And I feel the longer people are in my space, the more they can ingest it, the more they can feel it, the more they can then see it, the more they, the more chances they have to take a picture and put it on social media to tell their friends, you know, how it felt to relax, you know, mm-hmm. after their float. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wow, Lance, I thought that was a great answer. <laughs> that was a really good answer. I don't have anything to add to that. Like, I, I just agree. It's the transition. It's, it's the uh, you're in in this beautiful Zen state, and then going to um, traffic outside or driving. You know, getting right back into that. Like, can we help you bridge to that reality as well as deliver you this Zen? Yeah, I think, you know, and I do, like I said, I do think it's our, our, I think all of us should aspire to creating the best space possible. So if they need that and they want that, that that's available. I do think that's a super important part mm-hmm. of a float center. Um, and I want that to be available, even in our small space. I'll tell you from a owner standpoint, one of the most exciting things is when people come out of their floats and they sit down. And then new people come in, getting ready to go into their floats, and they're sitting there waiting for us to, to take them in for orientation. And the the person, of course, who came out is real chill. They're like, oh, you're here for your first float. I see you got an intake form. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they're asking the mm-hmm. floaters, people who just floated their question, and the floater is educating them mm-hmm. and telling, giving them tips. And it's like, oh, you're doing my education for me. And it's so much more powerful. Yeah. It's such a beautiful them. conversation when that yes. happens, too. Yes. Sometimes, you know, it's time to get them into their tanks. And I'll just sit around the corner and just let them finish <laughs> their like, beautiful conversation. So, um, I, yeah. Amy, I'm so glad you brought that up. But I'm, Lance, I'm so glad you backed it up because that is one of the most beautiful things. Is yeah. that, that absolutely happens. And I bet it happens at every float center, right? It has to. So that's, Those are that's magic, so good. though. I don't, is that meant to happen all the time? those are really super magical moments. I mean, like you live, you (laughs) live for those moments. I still will never forget the day that we had a a gentleman come in and he started playing guitar. And then another musician (laughs) happened to be a musician came in. Next thing you know, we're having a freaking with, with some of the best studio musicians in Nashville sitting in our lobby doing a live freaking concert. (laughs) That's Uh, That happened every day. I don't know if I could appreciate this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, (laughs) 
I, I've um, been nervous. I've been like, oh my gosh, this person is so out in this direction and this person is so right field. Like, and now they're talking and she's talking about her float experience and he's all like uptight about it. And, and, uh, the, the walls just get broken down. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Oh, I remember the time we had a, a medical doctor, a construction worker, and there was like a, maybe a government worker or something. Having they all walked into a bar. Very different walks of life. Extraordinarily different. Having a conversation about consciousness in our body. <laughs> a beautiful <Yeah>. conversation. <laughs> Everybody was engaged. And they were like, you know, they exchanged email addresses. Two of them at least did. And kept in touch. It's like, ah, this is cool. So those are, those are moments that I work towards. Mm. But they don't happen every day. And I just know that I want to plan for it. If it does happen, I want to make sure that everything's in place. Mm -hmm. But Lance, you talked a lot about how things that you would change to make, to maybe guide and to encourage people more. What are some things that you're thinking of implementing or what are some things that you need to educate on or how would you guide that? I'm, I'm really super curious. So as most of you have seen, um, I guess my lobby, I, I, you know, I post a video trying to get some feedback for um, this episode. And a lot of people just commented on my lobby, but we have a very big, <laughs> uh, open which, lobby. Which is really interesting and very telling. Like it, it, I was actually thinking the same thing and I, and I didn't mention it, but like you, you, we put out for a speak pipe for people's uh, opinion on this. And what happened was more comments on your space, which just goes to show how much attention you've put on it. And, and that it was worthwhile attention, too. You know, you've got a really good vision. Yeah. I admit, I have lobby envy. Totally. <laughs> lobby I think envy. everybody has lobby envy with Lance. But we, we have a very big open space, very high ceilings. And, you know, it's been this constant, I feel like the Temple Grandin of people. Like, I see, <laughs> I feel like I understand how people feel a space or how they can best interact in a space. Like, it's something that I really... I take personally, I take personally the lighting, I take personally the music, I take personally how everything's happening in the mm-hmm. space. And we've been on this constant evolution from finding, like I said, figuring out the lighting that works, figuring out speaker arrangement in the lobby that works so we can sort of separate mm-hmm. sounds and conversation. Um, mm-hmm. But we have this giant desk that I feel like I'm the captain of a ship. And every time somebody's <laughs> in the lobby, they're like, oh. You know, the captain of the ship is like overlooking everything and it just feels sort of awkward. So um, our T-bar that we had before, it was overcomplicated. We had a lot going on because we sort of just patched everything together as we we built our space. Like, oh, we got a coffee machine. Oh, we got some some drain, some tea things. We got this. We got this. And it was sort of not a not a welcoming space. So we've built a wall up, a five foot wall that comes out about um, 10 feet. And that what that does is that puts the tea and our drinks and refreshments, whatever we decide to have in the seating area where most people come pre or post float. What that wall also does is that blocks the view from the bathrooms because when somebody was sitting in our lobby, it was this awkward thing where you'd see everybody going to the bathroom. You know, it's not a big deal, but it's still, I would say the, the psychology of that's just awkward, I guess. I right. don't know. So Not this great wall, feng shui. This, yeah, <laughs> this wall sort of separates that area and makes it feel a bit more enclosed or divided in the space. But it only being a five-foot wall, you still it still feels very open. And we're also going to be taking, um, we're using ease troughs. So we're going to be taking 10 or 12-foot sections of ease troughs. We're going to be hanging them down from the ceiling in, with cables. What are, what, what are ease troughs? 
Uh, the drain contraptions on the side of your house that catches oh, the okay. rain and funnels yep. it to certain areas. So we're going to be taking on the eaves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be taking, um, say, 12-foot sections of those, and we're going to be hanging them on cables from the ceiling. And we're going to be doing about four of those, and we're going to be filling those with plants, actually. So we're going to create this oh, sort wow. of floating, living, dividing wall that doesn't really take up much space, but it still helps block that sound transfer from conversation and, you know, the visual field of, of interacting with people. And... Yeah, I just want to create a space where there's a little more direction. It's a little more mm-hmm. inviting. It's a little more separate. Um, you can have two different conversations on the go in two separate areas. Um, and I, I really want people to come out of their float and tell them to take some time and like come back to your senses before you leave. Um, a lot of this spawned to me a few days ago. I had a lady call in to book a float, and she didn't want to float at 9 p.m., because last time she floated, she came with a friend, they got out of their float, and they left immediately, and they ran a red light and almost got in an accident. Oh, wow. And that got me thinking, like, I've came out of the to- tank sometimes feeling pretty darn altered. <laughs> um, not all there, not all the cylinders are firing at what they should be, and I need to take some time to collect. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know. What if somebody was still sort of a little loopy from a really deep, relaxing float and they did get in a vehicle a block from your center and, you know, something did happen. That's that sort of sits on my thought now. And, you know, we've Amy mentioned intake forms. She was speaking of doing intake forms. A lot of float centers do intake forms. Does anyone do like outtake forms? Or a form for feedback. So, you know, after your float, take your time. There's a voluntary form to leave us some uh, anonymous feedback if we need Mm -hmm. to improve on something. And you can also help, you know, after their float, they can read this and say, you know, make sure you see how you sleep the next few days. Make sure you see your your muscle tensions the next few days. Sort of remind people that there's, there's lasting effects to floating. It's sort of, you know, we prepare them a lot for their float, but we need to sort of let them educate them a little more the the post float effects of what's going on um and that's something again i have you know failed to do but i have the ideas i just haven't executed yet so mm-hmm. now i'm really on this road to execution to try and make this float the time spent at my studio more than just a float mm-hmm. it is that disconnection and that reconnection with the self and society it's i don't know guess i'm taking it personal <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I think that's great. And I, I, um, just, just while I'm hearing this, I was starting to think back on like on our staff and how we do talk about the post float experience. Like that is covered during our intros, which I think is really important to know <laughs> that your mental state, there's a, a, a spectrum of what your mental state can be after a float. It's not guaranteed you're going to be completely altered and it's not guaranteed you're just going to be super sharp and focused. Like you can be super ready for a nap or you can be super ready to go for a run and I can't predict which way you're going to feel. And it's important to be able to cover those things uh, but beforehand. And like you said, because we're prepping beforehand because we don't have three people on staff, um, how do we uh, educate beforehand? How do we take care of that post-float experience as best we can? Pre-float. Set them up for it. Mm-hmm. 
and I think you do need to take into consideration everyone's um, everyone's salute center is so different. And Dylan, mm-hmm. you're on two stories, yeah, which w- to me would really you know that is a, that is a challenge. I don't think you're you're doing a poor job, but that that's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, in my case, same thing. I mean, we do talk to everybody when they come out because you, you know It'd be we're there. We don't have a <laughs> yeah, and and we also they pay post float as well. Um, mm. So we do have that interaction, but um, but yeah, so it's real easy for us because we're right there. Mm-hmm. Um, can't miss us, probably trip over us. Um, so it really is a different challenge and a different situation for every float center. So just take some time if, and some If thought. you were to do a float center two or three times the size of yours um, and you know what you know now, would you put more focus into this while designing and building your future float center? Yeah. Like I said, I would love to have, I, I think, I think it's an important part. Um, I don't, I don't think we should ever skip, I skimp on that. Um, I'm like you, Lance, I'm really big on lighting. Mark and I have worked with what little we can with lighting in our area. Um, and same thing with speakers. We have to be careful because in, in the state of Tennessee, we can't soundproof our doors very well. So we have to be very careful with things. But hmm. um, yeah, I would love to create a beautiful sensory experience for our people and the people who want to stay um, would have a really lovely and fabulous reason to stay. And that's why I try to stock mm-hmm. really high-end teas. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we try to stock things, stock high-end things and things that are really good. And um, um, so I think it's a very, very important that what you're doing, and I think it's very important mm-hmm. um, what I'm doing and what Dylan's doing, everybody is doing. Um, because like I said, I, those magical moments are worth every single mm-hmm. thing you put into it. Um, I think it's a good thing to bring up that, yes, some people are not ready to go out. We have stopped some people mm-hmm. saying, hey, you know, why don't you, you know, really encouraging them to have a seat. There are some people we do tell our employees to please be on the lookout for those people. There are some people who just need to sit down whether they're aware or not um, yeah. and, and have a time. Um, so I think that's all very important. Um, I think the goal should be let's create a space so people who want to stay can stay and not so much, hey, how are we going to get people to stay? Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm not sure that's the the goal. Yeah, I mean, I I'm, think, I'm with you on that one. Like, it, it doesn't I, need to be our yeah. job to get... Our goal shouldn't be 100% of our people stay for 45 minutes mm-hmm. after their float. Yeah. It should be, in my opinion, and you guys can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but if, if somebody chooses to stay, this is going to be a great it, space for you to continue yeah. your float experience. Mm-hmm. It should be magical. It should yeah. be amazing. Right. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. A common thing I've found is you really have to let people know they have the opportunity to relax and sit after because people, like you said, were so normed to going to a massage and you do your massage, you pay and you leave. You go to the doctors, you check out and you leave. Right. Like we're so conditioned that mm-hmm. we don't, you know, cafes, maybe we spend you know, we can go there and relax and spend X amount of time there. So, but, but don't you, know. you still feel awkward if you've consumed their product once you're done with the coffee, you know? I don't know. I think that's, that's mm-hmm. all depending on the cafe and the environment and the sure, tone, sure. The tone right. that's you set, go. you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what's so, what I find so fascinating is the float industry is not defined right now. Like we don't mm-hmm. have to be this service that you're in and out. We don't have to be a service where we make our clients stay after. It's just finding that balance and what works for you. Like I said, I've yeah. put a lot of focus onto my lobby and I want to use that as a marketing tool. I want people to take pictures in there. I want them to, you know, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's great. Uh, 
and it's interesting. You brought up the whole, you know, are they going to drink and run and that sort of thing, or do they feel obligated to stay? Now, one thing that I love when I go to float centers and they have like the really nice, like you, Dylan, you, right, you, Dylan, oh, you have those beautiful mugs. Mm. You, you, yes, you, and I think Lance does as well. You use, um, Lance, you don't use mugs. You use um, mason jars. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Um, so you have, yeah, like, I know, it's awesome. Um, and I love that idea. I really want to. Number one, though, it's not practical from a standpoint. We just don't have a way to, to wash them or anywhere to put a, a dishwasher. But also because because in the state of Tennessee, we're not allowed to have <laughs> glass within so many feet of our swimming pools. Uh, um, neither, neither are we. But I must note there, we have plastic cups to bring back to the float rooms. Glass are for upfront only. So nice. and, Well, because our, float, cause our lobby yeah, is so yeah, close yeah. to our pool, swimming pools. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because there's like Nashville, so Tennessee. Wow. You and are yay, safe, no, guaranteed safe uh, floating in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we do have caps. If people want to leave, it's like, oh, yeah, feel free. If you're going to run out, no problem. Feel free to take one of those caps and, you know, take your drink with you. It's perfectly cool. Um, so we try to provide that as well. So they don't feel like obligated, like, oh, I poured my tea. I better just sit here and make sure my tea is is drunk before I left. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do at least have that have that option. And we try to make it comfortable, but, you know, we do the best we can, just like I think everybody in the float industry that I've met, you do the best you can. And Yeah. Woo! And, and you know, it, Lance, you're talking about innovation. Uh, this this is a space where, <laughs> space, literally a physical space, where we get to innovate and define what we think a float center should be like. And I think we we already see a lot of very different looking float centers right now, which is really cool. And I don't think I've seen it yet, but you know, um, I believe it's McDonald's. I I forget their colors, but there are particular colors that make you kind of uncomfortable that they choose to have for their indoor seating so that you leave quicker because they don't want you hanging out for an extended period of time. Whereas uh, the coffee joints are going to choose colors that make you uh, more comfortable and where you do want to hang out for an extended period of time. And I'm curious if there will be float centers that um, have a mood that once you're done, we do want you to move on. Uh, and maybe it's because they have a limited amount of space or maybe because they're a, a, a giant franchise like McDonald's. I, I don't know. But I'm it, this is the period where we get to test all of those things out, for better or yeah. worse. Something that I really like that... Um, I've seen pop up. I, I forget the exact float center that I seen the term used for the first time, but they use the term sensory spa. Hmm. I thought that was really awesome. And that's something that I want to, you know, maybe put a little focus on is spending time with the senses. You know, floating is all about tuning the senses mm-hmm. out. But what if there was things after mm-hmm. where you can really excite these senses or, you know, you know, like the Lucia light, that's definitely mm-hmm. a sensory thing. You know, there's other forms of sensory excitement or sensory, I don't know, enhancement. Maybe We've got Forest Park a few blocks from us. So I say go for a walk, <laughs> man, get into nature. Yeah. <laughs> and we actually, we have diffusers and we have mm. a scent that we, the only scent we use in our diffusers. So it's always the same scent. So I hope they're getting that, huh. that association. The other thing we put in um, that, goes over really well is um chocolate we have hershey kisses (laughs) nice um i know this is crazy chocolate goes over well right um but we always tell people go ahead and have a hershey kiss before kiss all right hershey 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 three times fast (laughs) and a hershey kiss post float that's cool sometimes that will um give them an opportunity to you know all of a sudden they enjoy that hershey and they do they enjoy Mm -hmm. that hershey kiss a lot more it's not an expensive chocolate Mm -hmm. 
Um, but it adds a new layer. There's certain things like that you can do so that, to, to show people that, yeah, there has been a change. And like, I love that Lance pointed out. In fact, we're, we're getting, I can't talk to, about it right now, but we're getting ready to do something to do that. I think there does need to be some communication afterwards to draw attention to what's changed. People hmm. don't pay attention. Hmm. They think, oh, I feel the same. Oh, really? You feel the same? You're talking a lot slower. <laughs> and I noticed that you're moving a little easier than when you came in. Mm -hmm. Oh, like you got out of that chair super easy. And did you enjoy that Hershey kiss a little bit more? That's really and, interesting, Amy. Uh, you know, it's, it's so educating them and at least giving them something so they can compare pre and post whether they realize they're being given that or not is super important. Yeah, I've had people come out of their float you know, completely in a daze, telling me that it felt like they've got a software upgrade from the universe. So <laughs> that's a huge thing, <laughs> you know, it. some things, yep. some things can change in that little 60 minutes or 90 minutes or however long your float are. Those people can go through some, you know, some big mental and maybe physical <laughs> changes, you know. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> and those sensory things that Lance is talking about, um, are the things that can help guide them and help them realize what's changed. Mm -hmm. They'll come out and they'll be like, oh, it smells really good in here. It's mm -hmm. like, well, it smells the same way as it did when you came right, in. But, right. uh, you know, the, those things, you know, they're, they're important. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. can, can I change gears completely here for a minute? Mm -hmm. uh, while you were talking about the, the Hershey Kisses, that actually made me think of something I was thinking about while I was driving today, where I was thinking about how, uh, when big businesses say, you know, buy one, get one free or buy one and, you know, buy two ShamWows and get this, uh, this other mop or this spray down for free. I, I, as a consumer, always think, well, that's cheap. You know, they're, they're not losing any money here. It's built into the cost, et cetera. But as a small business owner, when I think about small businesses, when they're doing that, they're biting the bullet and they're losing money or they're they're compromising. There's there's usually some kind of compromise that goes on. A, do you guys agree with that? And B, do you think the average consumer discerns between big business and small business when there are those kind of sales or deals going on? Uh, yeah, I think there's a separation between small business and big business too. You know, buying one sham wow and getting a free, you know, umbrella is a completely <laughs> different thing than someone who goes out the way to make a handwritten card or leave a Hershey kiss or something like that. And, you know, maybe you say that's bite the bullet, but I still remember going to a certain bank when I was a kid and they always had those chocolate mint patties and I was always <laughs> excited to get one of those. So you had something that people, you know, that little... They just get out of a float. Their Hershey kiss is better, but that's the they they look forward. It's one mm -hmm. of the things they look forward to is getting mm -hmm. that Hershey kiss after their float, and that could go a long way for a, a little investment, very mm -hmm. little. So I bought a I bought a yeah. bag of uh, Halloween suckers last week, and I put a giant bowl right at our front <laughs> desk. I would say ninety six percent of the people that come into our <laughs> floats and are now like slopping on suckers and you know grabbing a couple more and putting in their pockets. Like oh, cool, that's, funny. that's cheap suckers, right? Yeah, and and not just like we bite the bullet. We spend a lot of money. We do the tea sachets. They're more expensive. Um, What's a tea sachet? And uh, it's a, so instead of a tea bag, it's a sachet, and it's um it's we use Harney and Sons, a little little higher end. Okay. Um, and we also have local teas as well. Um, a local place that is really not cheap. It's even probably uh, we're talking about a dollar a cup, but wow. um, but they you know you build you do kind of build in the cost, and it makes a big difference. And we have people coming in. They love this hot cinnamon tea. Um, we have people coming in to just have a cup of tea, and they remember it, and they associate with it. I think it's totally worth it. I think cool. mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, people see it's totally different. Okay, great. I, I love your answers. Yeah, totally. Lance, can I ask you another question? This this was directed at you. Uh, you on Float Facilitators, which, by the way, I don't think we've mentioned for a little while. Uh, if anybody listening to the show is interested in starting a Float Center or already runs a Float Center and isn't part of Float Facilitators on Facebook, sign up immediately. Pause this podcast, open a new browser, and get to uh, Float Facilitators because there's so much information going on uh, on that page uh, using the search function. Search function, you can also find so much information in there. It, it's fantastic we are all on there uh, very frequently and if we're not posting believe me we're at least reading the information because it's all uh, so fascinating and I, i'm on there more than i am regular facebook but lance i saw you post a poll do you fold your towels or do you roll your towels why did you ask that <laughs> what, what insight were you looking for I wasn't looking for anything. I was just rolling yeah. a towel. I'm like, dang, I wonder how many people roll their towels and how many people fold their towels. So I've never funny. actually okay. timed um, how mm-hmm. long it takes to fold versus roll. I mean, you know, it may not be a big deal. We used to fold, but then I had a lot of fun rolling. But I'm like, dang, these are a lot of towels to roll. It's like, is folding more efficient? Like, just going this back and forth battle in my head when I'm, you know, it's one thirty in the morning and I'm, like, folding towels, wondering, like, is there a better way to do this? Like, do they they make washer-dryer combos, but do they have washer-dryer folding combos yet? Like, it's 2016. That should be something that's out there. Come on. <laughs> the float industry needs it. Where's the innovation? Where's our auto-folding dryers? Yeah, no, it's just something... You know, it's one of those things you, you do so much. Well, I know, I know personally, I'm folding a lot of towels, rolling, I should say, <laughs> rolling a lot of towels. So mm-hmm. I was just curious what other people are doing and, and why they were doing it that way. If mm-hmm. they, if they've already done the investigation to figure out what's best, you know, like I about- well, in our, our case, we roll simply because um, it fits on the stand that we have. Mm-hmm. That's the way it fits on there easier. So cool. But man, Mark, it's picky. My business partner, yeah. so picky about how people roll. Mm-hmm. He will like look at my rolled towels and say that is not rolled correctly. I'm like, oh, for heaven's sake, it's a rolled towel. Yeah, I'm supposed to be looking. Yeah. My employees people get were, picky about yeah, that. my employees sort of gave me a hard time. Like, oh, Lance is coming. Make sure, make sure towels are rolled perfect. <laughs> make sure the baskets are perfect. Because <laughs> you know the way I see that is something as simple as rolling. We put so well. I know I'm going to speak personally here. I put so much effort into making sure my rooms are clean. My tanks are my tanks are spotless. Everything is perfect. And then you leave a little detail like a towel that's slopped together and that just like wrecks all the hard work you're doing just because you left a towel sloppy or you threw something sloppy on the table. And it takes zero more effort to make that perfect. When it's hang- And we hang our towels in the room. And when I see a towel not hung and the bottoms aren't matching or what really gets me is somebody's hanging a bathrobe and they're not the lapels are not folded <laughs> properly. Mm-hmm. And the- mm-hmm. Oh, I have had like meltdowns. Um, and I, I'm, I should be ashamed to say this, but uh, not really, though, because if you go into a room and one lapel is like in and the other lapel side is folded, it looks like somebody used. Mm. First of all, it looks like somebody used the bathrobe and mm. they may not be sure. Number two, it looks sloppy. Yep. And when you're in that room, every it's the tiny things. Mm-hmm. If that washcloth isn't folded correctly and hanging mm-hmm. so it the sides match. It's so important. Even if they don't consciously pick up on it, subconsciously they're picking up on this. And it does. And I've had people say to me, I know I'm like, now I'm like, oh, let me tell you about my room. Because I do, I have problems with this. 
Um, just like why when we take the trays out of the room or we keep our earplugs, I insist they go to the kitchen and they are sanitized. And if I find out that anybody's just like <laughs> sitting them back on the shelf and just wiping them out, no, they need to be sanitized. That dried salt, if I see dried salt on them, mm. I'm, <laughs> I'm a tyrant. I'm the same basically. way, Amy. Like, I'm constantly um. seeing everything. It's like, oh, if they can't, you know, make sure that collar's fixed on the house coat, what else can't they do? Can they change their filters? And that's just how I'm seeing everything and how I'm firing. Right, so. because it's, it's, I think it's the I've gone into places and business. I've judged. It's the curse of running your own business, I think. I, I think if, I don't think you'd be successful if those things didn't just make you go insane. But here's a really cool thing, if I may. That came up during our employee meeting of another employee bringing up that uh, the robe, they've seen robes not displayed properly. Like to me, that is the dream. Somebody else is going insane (laughs) over the fact that things aren't being displayed properly. It's like, it's exactly where I want my employees to be at. And I mean, a little facetious, but, but you know, that's the attitude you want. Like that's somebody invested. I think a lot about, a lot of that is consistency consistency Mm -hmm. is king. It's very important Mm -hmm. to be consistent on those things because if you start letting them slack, then the employees, oh, well, you know, Dylan didn't do it. Why do I have to do it? Like, you know, if he's slacking, then I can do it. And then (laughs) that, that sort of goes on and on through the group of people around. But if you're, you know, you keep consistent, like, no, every time put the towel like this, put the pillow like this, and then that will, that will do its thing and that will resonate. Yeah, you know, that's so true. And I think about how much our employees do day to day. And like I I told you last week, I had worked a shift and it was just a complete mess. (laughs) I'm just a buffoon working at the shop now. And oh, yeah, you guys laugh at me because I worked a shift. Right, right, right. Anyway, (laughs) uh, but, but, uh, but because of the consistency of training, we've been able to build our employees up to have just a ridiculous slew of uh, abilities and responsibilities at this point. And it's like, when does this max out? Like, when is it too much for them to be doing? Because there's so much that they're able to do at this point, and including navigating all sorts of conversations between acupuncture, massage, floating, et cetera, and talking to LMTs and uh, cleaning rooms, all but this stuff. That's that's a large spectrum of things. Some of these, these small detail things, like I said, mm-hmm. take no more effort to do. It doesn't take Not any more. Not to do, but to train somebody to do it properly. Yeah. And so, but if you well, train all I'm them saying to do is it like, properly the, the mm-hmm. first time, and that is a standard you set, like that hopefully yeah. should carry through. So like I got a... I, I didn't mean to throw anybody under the bus, but it was actually one of our LMTs who put out a one of the robes and instead of it having it on a hanger, just hung it on a hook. And our uh, our employee was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like that wasn't consistent training for our LMTs, right? So it's got to be consistent. You know, we joking... Only semi-jokingly, I'm actually, um, we've actually kind of talked about starting this here very soon, is have the Float Nashville Room Flip Olympics, <laughs> um, where we have them timed, and we go in, and they're graded on, and it, like, everybody does it. Everybody stands there, and everybody does it, <laughs> and we go in, and we grade on how, you know, how the towel is hung, and, you know, we just you know, we hold up the placards. Gamify um, We kind of joked about that, right. but it's, yeah, and we and it's all against the standard. But the truth of the matter is, um, you know, Mark and I were talking about this the other day, and it's like, I, I really don't think this is a horrible idea. Why is this so bad? Let's have it. <laughs> That's fun. Um, and, and, and Mark and I have to compete as well. It's mm. not just them. Yeah. It's all mm. of us. I think that's that's a really 
if I was in school and we would do a game like that to learn, I would learn a lot better. There's nothing wrong with gamifying your, you know, how you're, you're training. That's a lot of fun. Everyone's laughing. They're cheering. You're allowed to get your voices up. They're learning, seeing how other people are doing things. I really like that, Amy. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and you do it quarterly and you can improve on times and you can have a placket. We talked about putting a placard up in the kitchen. He's holding like the best time and the best score and, you know, kind of making a thing out of it. That's but, funny. I like that. But Mark and I are not exempt. Mark and oh, I have to do God. it as well. We all have to. I'd be like the mascot that. trying to do the dunk at the basketball game, except <laughs> far worse, far worse. Ugh. Guys, I think we've covered plenty here, and I think we're, we're going further and further off topic, which I think is great, but I do want to wrap it up here. Is there anything else that you guys want to share about the post-float experience or anything else we've covered? Just keep loving it, people. I love seeing everybody's ideas. Yeah. I love the pictures on float tank facilitators. So, mm-hmm. um, so keep it coming and keep the ideas coming because I, I need to steal a few. Yeah, That'd and if you want to give us a few more to steal, <laughs> leave us a speak pipe on artofthefloat.com. That's where we want we want to hear from you guys. We play it on the air. If you have an opinion, you disagree with us, or just a different idea, or if you want to ask us a question on the air, uh, that's where you want to leave that, and that's just uh, how it works with the podcast. It's pretty awesome. And uh, on the social media, you can find us on Facebook, Art of the Float Podcast, on Twitter and Instagram, at Art of the Float, and uh, that's where you can find a lot of Lance, who is always posting on the social media. Thank goodness for us and um let's see here um oh yeah the roundtable discussions again wednesday october 19th 5 p.m that's coming up sooner than you think so go to artofthefloat.com sign up for the newsletter we'll be sending out a blast in the next seven days here uh, for how to sign up we're going to have a very limited amount of space for this it is our first one we don't want to overshoot everything we want to make sure we do this properly as it's a bit of a i don't want to say a beta test but it is our, our first time doing it so we're keeping it small and um, let's see here. What else? Um, yeah, I'm just so excited to learn from everybody at this roundtable discussion. Let's see here. Gosh, there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing. So spend some time there. We will see you next week. You're listening to Art of the Flow. 